We're going to go to Psalm 33 real quick. And as you are finding that or looking at it on your smart device or looking at it on the screen, um, I just want to set this up in a very personal way and be as transparent as possible and uh, without offending anyone is what I'm trying to say. But how many of you know that something very pivotal is going to happen in this nation on Tuesday? Right? Something very, something very pivotal is going to happen here. And I just wanted to preach to you a little bit as a pastor today and tell you that when this election is over, we're going to still love each other. Amen? And when this election is over, we're going to still be praying for whoever the president is at that time. And they're going to get all the support they need from us. Amen? The amens are getting quieter and quieter every with every stanza, some of you are saying, I will not pray for that guy if that guy wins and whatever. Psalm 33, God is good. Amen. Um, I will say this, you know, this isn't in my notes. I'm just thinking this right now because I just want this to be a very personal time. It's going to be powerful as well. But, you know, we, we really need to be concerned for the generations that are succeeding us. And I'm not talking about how a president affects them. I'm talking about how we affect them. And the Lord has really put our children and our youth on my heart. I talked to Josh about it when we were gone the last three days. That we, We're going to sit down with Christian and, and Chastity and really go through a very strategic plan on reaching every child we can possibly reach in this community. If that means buying buses... And busting them in here. Are y'all with me right now? Whatever that means, we have to reach young people and we have to reach the children. And so that's going to be a big emphasis for us for the next few weeks. Number two, as I'm praying and just thinking on this platform, guys, um, it is really high time for you to stop trying to find your identity in the world. Okay, and I, I'm going to get on that a little bit today and, and make you happy about it. But for too long, I don't know why Christians uh, think that our identity is found in the world when the world is what you were called out of. You understand what I'm saying? So you ought to feel so comfortable up in the house of God that you start building your identity within the family of God. And we're going to talk about that some, some today. Psalm 33, I'm going to read the entire chapter. It's not long from the New Living Translation. Would you be honorable today and stand for the reading of God's word? We reverence the word of the Lord at Quest Church. Verse 1 says, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Boy, that's beautiful. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true. And we can trust Everything he does. Now that's going to be a key to this message today. 
Say it with me. We can trust everything he does. Let's say it together. We can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord. And let everyone stand in awe of God. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans. Listen carefully. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and he sees the whole human race. Some of us need to get a revelation that the Bible was not written for Americans. Amen. He sees the whole human race. For his throne, from his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king. Boy, that's strong. The best equipped army cannot save a king. Nor is, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse, war, war horse to give you victory. War horse. Don't count on your war horse. <laughs> Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him. Those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and gives them, keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our heart rejoices. For we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. For our hope is in you alone. Isn't that a beautiful psalm? Do you mind while you're standing if I read verses 10 through 12 from the King James Version? Because this is going to sound familiar to you. The Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to naught. He makes the devices of the people of none effect. Listen to verse 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Here you go. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Lord, I pray now, first of all, for myself.
not selfishly, but vulnerably and in humility. I ask you to give me the wisdom to speak this word in a very effective way, to communicate with your people exactly how you communicated with me, that they would receive the full revelation of what is spoken in this house. Help me to do that. Now I pray for the hearts and the ears of the people in this building and those that are watching online that they would be attentive today, that they would lean forward in their faith, believing they will receive something from heaven. Give us a word. We need a word from you. Because if we don't get a word from you, we don't know what to do. But if you give us instruction and you give us direction, we will be obedient and we will follow with faith. Bless this time together. Let your anointing be felt. You be magnified in Jesus' name. One more time. Can you give him praise before you sit down, y'all? Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah real loud. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm not here today to change anyone's mind about your candidate of choice for the presidency of the United States. As a matter of fact, you have already decided your vote and no one's going to change your mind. And many of you have already cast that vote. But I do have a motive today. My attempt today is very simple. As a pastor, I desire to pull this church together as a church and corporately ask God to bless America. Now, believe it or not, there are those that cringe, even in this building today, at the thought of asking God to bless what you think is a country that is in a mess. You would rebut the very thought of God invoking his blessing on what you consider unworthy of that blessing. As I was praying, I felt this morning very impressed by God to write these words that I just rehearsed to you and equally impressed to write these words. We must be very careful with how we try to pull God into our own feelings. You cannot treat God like he is a participant in your personal perspective and narrative. I'm going to say that again. You cannot treat God like he is a participant in your personal perspective and narrative. He doesn't participate in regards of being a part of the equation. Let me say that again so you understand. He doesn't participate in regards of being a part of the equation. 
This kind of minuscule thinking minimizes God by making it look like he just wants in. As if he is selling himself to you because God feels left out. We can't throw God in the mix and act like we will get his favor. I'm going to say it again. You can't throw God in the mix and then act like you're going to get his favor. He is God. And I think not only as a country, but as the church in the country, we have lost perspective of that fact. He is God. So let us just begin there. With what? With God. Let's just talk about God. All right? When you think about God, you could talk about his might. You could talk about his strength. You could talk about a lot of things, his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his long-suffering. When I ask you, what do you think about God? What is the first thought that comes to your mind? Don't answer me, just... Just think about it. If I say, who is God? What do you think? Well, I brought some word to help you with your thinking. Because somehow we have manufactured thoughts of God that's not God. And the reason why that is, is we spend time studying about God than spending time with God. You can study as long as you want to on how to work on a machine or an engine, but until you are involved in the working thereof, you will never completely understand it. And when you think you got it all figured out, you learn something new. It's kind of like God. God is like a beautiful diamond. And he's so multifaceted in his nature that every time you need to see a new side of him, he just turns a little bit. And you see a new expression of his deity and you say, wow, I learned something new about God. You'll never know people you don't spend time with. When I think about God, the first word that comes to my mind is counsel. His counsel. Psalm 33, verse 10 and 12, our text says, The Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to nothing. That means you don't have to worry about it. Did y'all hear that? The Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to nothing. That means you don't have to post about it. 
He makes the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord, the what? The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Guess what does not change the counsel of the Lord? A pandemic. Guess what does not change the counsel of the Lord? COVID-19. It does not change the counsel of the Lord. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. I read that and I thought this right here. We should never allow national sovereignty to be supreme to God's sovereignty. I didn't have to become an American citizen. I was born one. Are you hearing that? Some people have to become one because they weren't born one. That does not make them special. No more than me being born one makes me special. As a matter of fact, my uniqueness is not that I'm an American. My uniqueness is in the fact that I became a citizen of another country. Hmm. So God's sovereignty must be supreme to national sovereignty. Can you say amen to that? In other words, it's like this. If you are in control, God is not. If you are in control, God is not. We are to do what we are supposed to do. Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. We are to do what we are supposed to do and then trust God, not man, to do the rest. We are to do what we are supposed to do. And then we are to trust God with the rest. You are to do what you are supposed to do. It's called obedience. Trust God with the rest. Let me say it another way. You are to do what you are supposed to do. It's called responsibility. And then let God do the rest. Here is God. Acts 17, 24. God made the world and all things therein. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, neither is he worshiped with your hands as though he needed anything. God doesn't need. Who is God? First of all, he is an entity without a need. Boy, y'all not hearing me preach today. God is an entity. He is a deity 
without a need. He doesn't need anything. He gives to all life. He gives to all breath. He gives all things. Who gives it? God does. He doesn't need anything. He gives everything. Isaiah 45, 11, this is God. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, his may and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command me. I have made the earth and created man on earth. I, my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their hosts have I commanded. This is God saying, I am God. Sometimes God just stops everything and he sends out a little PS, a little postscript. And he says, hold on just a minute and let let me remind all of you that you are not God. I am God. That's what he does to Israel. Isaiah 40, 25. To whom? This is God speaking. This is strong, y'all. To whom will you liken me? Who shall be my equal? Lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things that brings out their host by number. He calls them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one fails. Who will you liken me to? Who will you compare me to? In the Greek it reads like this. Who even resembles me? God is saying there is nothing and no one even close to me. Who is my equal? God is saying who is on the same level as me? No one, God said, is on the same level that I'm on. God is saying I'm God. Acts 17, 26, and God hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth. He has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God decided where you were going to be born. Y'all ain't hearing me now? God decided what country you would derive from. You didn't decide that. God decided that. God decided where you were going to be born. God decided who your parents were going to be. God decided where they were going to be when you were conceived. You didn't decide that. If you were conceived in a Motel 6, you didn't decide that. God decided that. If you don't know your daddy, that's not God's fault. God decided how you was going to get here. He didn't tell your daddy what to do. He's God. He's sovereign. When you talk about sovereignty, it means supreme excellence. When God says, I'm sovereign, he's saying, I am free from any external control. This is God. I am autonomous as a controlling influence. No one influences me. That's why you have to pray according to his will. 
This is so good. It's one that exercises supreme authority, the sovereignty of God, his absolute right to do all things according to his own good pleasure. The old saints used to say God got a way of doing things and I like the way he do it. God is in control. You are not. Your candidate may lose Tuesday. You have done your part. Now you have to trust him. Boy, everybody just turning and looking down, scratching your knee, looking at your spouse. What made us think because we are American Christians, we can rob God of his sovereignty? What made us think we can manipulate the mind of God? You can't trick God. But we continually build contrivances. We continually fabricate devices. We are so much like the patriarchs of Scripture. When God says the promise is going to come through this woman, when it doesn't happen, he sleeps with another woman just to get the promise. And the one that is born that is not of the promise is called a wild donkey of a man because now you've got to deal with the stubbornness that you gave birth to in the flesh when God never said go that way, but you wanted your way so bad that you manipulated the plan and you got the manifestation of something you want to put the name of God on and God didn't have anything to do with it. Now it's uncontrollable. And you got to tame something you were determined to birth. Hmm. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Isaiah 55, 9. Are y'all okay with me today? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My intentions, my plans, something that I purpose is higher than the things you purpose. The things I forecast is better for your future than the things you forecast for your future. My ways are not your ways. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but God's purpose shall prevail. You study it yourself. In the Hebrew, the word is devices. Many are the devices that men create, but God's purpose will prevail. Be careful when you take matters into your own hands. When you make that statement, It is so anti-God. I'll just take the matter in my own hand. I'll just handle it myself. Well, get ready for the struggle. (laughs) It's tight in here today. (laughs) Many are the devices in a man's mind. It comes from the idea of weaving and fabricating. It takes a while for some of you to come up with the crazy ideas you come up with. 
I'm sorry, us. God's purpose will what? Prevail. It literally means God's purpose will ultimately stand. God's purpose will rise above the surface. God's purpose will ultimately be clear. God's purpose will ultimately succeed. Make your plans. Cast your vote. Do your thing. And then back off and say, God, be God. Some of y'all are struggling with that. You're already struggling with that because you're already saying no because if it doesn't work out like I said it ought to work out, then I've got another plan. If plan A doesn't work, I always got plan B. And guess what you do when plan B don't work? You go to plan C. Which means you have never really let God be God. Boy, it's quiet now. Hmm. The counsel. When I think of God, I think of how God chooses. Listen to it. Can I ask you a question? Be real with we good? Okay. You ever been talking to somebody and it's like they start looking over your shoulder? And you you're like, you go, hey. And then you say, hey, man, we good. Have you ever heard someone say something that you felt like was a direct attack at you and you, you just want to call them and say, hey, bro, we good? So I'm just checking. Are, are we good? Okay. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Now, when you read that at first glance, it looks as if we are blessed because a nation made God their Lord. Listen to me carefully. God is not up for election. Should I read all that again? Okay, I'll read it again. And the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When you read that, it looks as if we are blessed because a nation made God their Lord. Here's the problem. God is not up for election. Let me finish. The real election happens when he chose you. That's what this verse says. The people whom he hath chosen. You don't elect God. God elects you. So election really is at the bottom of it all. It really is. The divine choice rules the day. None take Jehovah to be their God till he takes them to be his people. 
None take God to be Jehovah until he takes you to be his people. You don't get to elect God. God did not print campaign signs this year. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? He, there's not one campaign sign that says, vote for God. Vote for me. Sorry. The people whom he hath chosen. And I thought about it. And here's, here, here's where it's going to get personal with you. Are you ready? I want you to think about this. And I might preach in a little bit and sweat and run all over the building, but probably not. Not today. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, if the Holy Ghost moves on me, I'll jump around. We'll shout and the fire fall. But if he don't, he's just going to let me teach like I'm teaching. I'm cool with that too. Because actually my body's tired. And the last time I danced in the spirit, I pulled a muscle. And that's no lie. I was in Amarillo. I prayed, God, don't, don't hit me hard tonight now. Let me, let me ease through this message. About halfway through, he hit me with the Holy Ghost. The old saints used to say, I caught the Holy Ghost. I don't know how you catch the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost catches you. Somebody caught somebody. And I started dancing. We went on how to move with God. And afterwards, I walked in the office back there with Josh and Sam. And I said, man, I'm hurting. They said, what's the matter? That was a powerful move of God. I said, yeah, everybody got blessed. But my left muscle right here, I can't hardly move this leg. That's what you get for not working out. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I'm reading from Ephesians 1 verse 3 because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. Even before he made the world, he loved you and he chose you. All you did when you got saved was said yes. Y'all just missed that right there. All you did was say yes to what he already elected, and that was you. Verse 11, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. He chose us, but he's still in control. He elected us, but he's still in control. Well, that's powerful, y'all. Think of this. He could have chosen anyone. But the mere fact you're sitting in this building today trying to live a life of obedience tells me that he chose you. Jesus is so adamant about this that when he gets to John 15, 16, Josh, listen what Jesus says. You have not chosen me. This is Jesus speaking. You have not chosen me. 
I have chosen you. You did not elect me. I elected you. And I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. You know why you love God so much? Because he first loved you. He touched you first. And then you reached back for him. You wouldn't be here today if he wouldn't have reached for you. You wouldn't be here today if God didn't touch you first. God likes playing tag. Tag your it. Now come and get me. God chose you. And then you went after him. That's powerful. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We are blessed because he tagged us. We are blessed because he elected us. We are blessed because he selected us. Not that we selected him. Hmm. Whose God is the Lord. In the Hebrew, here's how it reads. Blessed is the nation whose ruler, final authority, is Jehovah and Yahweh. All right. Here we go. Praise the Lord. There's no nation in the earth that can say that but one. And I'm sorry to tell you, it is not. Right, Josh? It is not the United States of America. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. There's only one nation that can say that. And that's Israel. And that's why I always say it would be the stupidest thing in the world for the United States to ever turn their back on Israel. That's God's chosen people. He is their God. Now, they got a lot of work to do with the Messiah part of it, but that's their God. Now, watch this. God is good. So I started thinking, can I, okay, I wish I had a chair. I'd just sit down and talk to you. I got very frustrated this morning because I prayed up. I preached this thing all the way from St. Louis to, to, uh, to Oklahoma City. Thank you for giving up your chair, buddy. Appreciate it. And I preached this thing to Josh till we about wrecked. We stopped in unique places and bought fudge. We laughed. We got to preaching this message back and forth to each other till we were slap happy. You ever been slap happy? That's when you preach it so good, you slap somebody next to you or you slap yourself. I can't stand preachers that are preaching. Slap your neighbor and say, I'm like, brother, you slap me. I'm going to slap you back. <laughs> it's enough to say, touch your neighbor. <laughs> so we preach. We had it all worked out, didn't we, Josh? So I wake up at four this morning, as I always do. I went through this whole message. 
And I had the, what we call the high point at the end, all worked out before I ever started. That was fixed. Man, I had this message going. I was, I was in my office, you know, I looked like Giovanna rolling around there. In my office, she's going to kill me. I love you, babe. And um, got to the end. And you know how I was preparing this message? Blessed is the nation, right there where it says nation. I had already put USA in there. Blessed is the United States of America, whose God is the Lord. And then I started thinking about all the fault-finding that's been going on with the founding fathers of our nation and how messed up Columbus was and everybody's opinion about everybody, which don't make a flip a hill of beans. We're here, y'all. We're here. So then I said, i tell you what I'm going to do. I've studied a little bit on George Whitefield, and I've studied a little bit on Jonathan Edwards. And they were the revival preachers that brought the first great awakening to the United States of America. I already knew that. So I had already seen myself at this point in this message dancing and pulling muscles behind this pulpit right here by the time I got to George and Jonathan. Because I was going to take you beyond the debris of confused history into two spiritual fathers that birthed the great awakening in this nation that this nation cannot escape. Until I found out stuff about them. And I said it. Dead gum. That's what I said. <laughs> All right, it took it a little further. I said, dang. I was like, dang. I got up. I walked around. I said, Lord, did any of us get it right? Did anybody get it right in this nation? And I thought I heard the Holy Spirit say, no. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I thought. I thought he said, no. Y'all are so disappointed right now. <laughs> It'll be all right. And God told me every nation in the world has faults. And every nation in the world has a jacked up history. Then I heard him say, even my favorite, even my chosen, there's no nation in the earth that's perfect. So I start going back to my desk. Rolled my little self right on over there. And the Lord said, you better study the word again. Blessed is the nation. Do the etymology. Here's what it means. Blessed is a people. Here's where we get it messed up. We think nation means country. He didn't say blessed is the country whose God is the Lord. If he is saying that, he's talking specifically about Israel. 
But I'm convicted that he's not talking about Israel. I'm convicted he's talking about an ethnos. He's talking about a spiritual ethnicity. A people. Blessed is a people whose God is the Lord. And then I heard the Holy Ghost say, it's not the United States. It's my people in the United States. Who have made me their Lord. Now here's what's shocking about that and disappointing. 2019. Whoa. Whoa. Wow, wow, wow. 2019, a survey is taken. 87% of America said, I'm a Christian. 40 points of doctrine were recited to those 87%. Not doctrine like baptism, not doctrine like rapture, not, do, not doctrine like that. Behold, the Lord is one God. Not even that. Doctrines like this. Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for sin. God is omniscient. God is, um, God, God is everywhere at one time. Okay, watch this. Of the 87% on 40 points of simple doctrine, Vicki, 7% of the 87% believed it. In other words, it's easy to say I'm a Christian. I think we say we are Christian when we don't have nothing else to say. Meaning I'm not a practicing Muslim. So I'm a Christian. Just because you're not practicing one religion doesn't make you a Christian. Now y'all are all looking at me mad right now. But the fact is you know as good as I know that this nation, I'm sorry, is not a Christian nation. A Christian nation does not kill millions of babies. A Christian nation does not treat one race less than another race. A Christian nation is a just nation. A Christian nation is a nation that believes in the sanctity of life. It's not an election problem. The election already happened. The problem is, are we doing what we're supposed to do? And why do we sound the same way on Facebook that the world sounds? We fight more against each other as the church than the world fights with each other about this election. This fight is about God's people fighting each other. Which tells me we found our identity in the world and we've not found it in here. I just lost you right there. You should find the whole fulfillment of your identity, the satisfaction of your purpose right in this house among the family of God in here. We are all equal. In here, we are all one. If you're trying to find it out there, you ain't never going to find it, and you're going to die frustrated. But if you ever get born again, and the people of God start acting like the people of God, churches would be packed because they found equality. They found identity. They found sustenance. They found purpose. That's why Peter said, you are 
a chosen generation. You are a holy nation. You're not an American nation. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that you should show forth his praise. My question is, church, where is our light? So what are you saying, Pastor Rick? Oh, there's a nation, but it's a nation within a nation. You take the church out of the United States of America. And this place will kill each other. There's so much talk of civil war. You know why that talk is so prevalent? Because we fight each other. We repeat what we hear. We are ambassadors of reconciliation. It is our ordained responsibility to pull the family of God together. Amen. Paul's so adamant about it that he said it like this, that God's intent was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That's not the White House's job. Boy, that went over your head. I'll read it again. Ephesians 3.8. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, through what? Through what? The church. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places according to his eternal plan or purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. Why are we defeating what Christ accomplished? Why, why are we fighting about, over what Christ already finished? Why are we trying to undo his salvation? Why are we trying to undo his sacrifice? If we really lived according to the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ to make us one, then we would be exhibiting and exemplifying to this messed up, jacked up nation that, you, that we all love so dearly. I love this country. You cut me, I bleed red, white, and blue. But I'm telling you right now, for us to think we're super special, like the Bible was written just for us, and we got the greatest thing going on in the whole world. Have you lost your mind? We killing each other, y'all. We on the verge of a civil war. And it's not because of them, it's because of us. We are not doing our job. I believe that the church is the institution that was hid in ages past that is revealed now to be the redeemer of both family and government. If you make your government stronger than the church, you are serving the chariot and you're trusting in the horse. Your government is not stronger than the kingdom of God. Jesus said, 
I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. The purpose of the church is to save the family. The purpose of the church is to redeem a government. So you're not going to see me in the White House patting no president on the back. That just shocks you. I don't need to flatter what God has ordained. You understand what I'm telling you? I don't, he don't need my pat on the back, and I don't need a wasted trip to the White House. Boy, y'all quiet now. You'll get over it. It just so happens your pastor is not a politician, and I ain't interested because my citizenship is in the kingdom of God. I've got an authority that's much higher than the president of the United States. My God is sovereign and he is the final authority. Hmm. So, oh, I forgot to give you the name of my message. God bless America. Tuesday, if you think Tuesday is going to solve everything, you have lost your last marbles. Tuesday is not going to solve everything. Tuesday is going to only incite more radical opinion. It don't matter who wins in regards to opinions. Let <laughs> me finish my sentence. Whoever wins, the other side's going to go crazy. And I got a question for you. I asked Josh this on the way. I said, Josh, come on now. Do you really, as long as this nation, and we're a young nation, what, a couple of hundred years old, JC, a couple of hundred years old, and, and you're going to tell me, and, and you know this probably better than anybody, you're going to tell me, really, really, four years is going to change everything? Y'all really believe that? You mean God is so small that a guy can be elected and he can manipulate the whole plan of God? Now, I ain't saying he can't make it miserable. But I'm telling you, four years is four years. Four years, somebody else can be elected. We done gave, I, I'm tired of seeing y'all saying, America's gone to hell. America's been in hell for the last 40 years. <laughs> we've been killing babies and endorsing gay marriage, and we've been doing that forever. And you're going to act like, oh, my God, they're going to let gay people get married. No crap. They've been letting gay people get married. Let me tell you something. Either you believe God is sovereign or you do not believe God is sovereign. It's that simple. And if God is in control of his nation, which his nation, according to what I just studied, is sitting in this building right now, 
the, his nation is sitting over there victory right now. His nation is sitting at the gate right now. His nation is sitting in life church right now. His nation is sitting in fellowship church right now. His nation is sitting in place for life right now. Then that nation whose God is the Lord is in a certain kind of condition. And you know what it is? Blessed. Somebody shouted, we are blessed. You are blessed. Why are you? Why are you blessed? Because your God is the Lord. We don't have to suffer what this world is suffering. We don't have to deal with this what, what this world is dealing with. We got to do what we supposed to do. And God said, "We are blessed because our God is the Lord." If God is your Lord and you are a part of a peculiar generation and a holy nation, I double dog dare you to jump on your feet and praise your authority like you love him with all your heart. Come on, let your voice be heard, church. This is the nation. This is the nation whose God is the Lord. Tell your neighbor, we blessed. Tell the other one, they didn't like you. Tell the other neighbor, we are blessed. Why are we blessed? Because our God, our ruler is the final authority. Our ruler is our provider. Our ruler is our counselor. Our ruler is our covering. Our ruler is our defender. Our ruler is our redeemer. Our ruler is our savior. Our ruler is our deliverer. Our ruler is our healer. Somebody shouted, we are blessed. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Let me ask you one more time. Is there a nation in this house? Is God your Lord? Take 15 sanctified seconds and praise him like they love him and all. Bless your name, Jesus. In here, everything is good. In here, everything is lovely. In here, everything is peaceful. In here. Somebody shouted, this is our nation.